Montreal-based Elisipi Isaac goes simply by the name Elisipi when releasing music, which is exactly what she just did. On September 15th, Elisipi, the Polaris-nominated and Juno Award-winning songwriter, released an incredibly beautiful and moving album of cover songs sung in her native tongue of Anuktitut. Songs like Metallica's The Unforgiven, Blondie's Heart of Glass, The Rolling Stones, Wild Horses. And as you'll hear in this interview, when I asked her how she went about choosing the songs, she said if it made her cry, she knew she was on the right track. Here's my chat with Elisabeth. Elisabeth, can you hear me? All right. So sorry, Andrew. No, no problem. I'm in, uh, a little um, running around many interviews today. I bet you are. Yeah. I know you've got one coming up. At the top of this next hour, you probably just came out of one. Do you like this process of uh, of talking to people about your work? I mean, when it's, um, yeah, for sure. It's like saying, here's my baby. Do you like it? Do you love it? Isn't she amazing? <laughs> she is. I mean, before you ask, she is amazing. I do like it and I do love it. <laughs> yeah, it's especially, you know, it's so new for people. So it's nice to to really gather all the discussions and really talk about creative work. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is old hat for you. You've been making creative work now for, for decades. Mm. You were playing music uh, as, as a teenager and at home uh, with your uncle and, and just making, making music and, and films and TV shows. And my goodness, it's uh, an incredible body of work you're putting together. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it's been busy times, but uh, very inspiring times, too. Hmm. Well, one could do worse than, than being busy and inspired. Yeah. So here we are, uh, as we're chatting now, you're doing all sorts of press for the release of your latest album, Anuktatuk. Now, by the time uh, this interview goes to air and is packaged as a podcast, the, uh, the album will be out. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. In the 36 hours before its release, Elisabeth, how are you feeling? It's funny because I feel very relaxed. I feel very um, calm, actually. But now it's, I think it's the last push, you know, the last um, two days. I think it's going to be, I'm not trying to have any expectations, of course, but I think I'm going to be very emotional and very proud, proud of myself and proud, uh, very much proud of my team right now. I just want to praise them all the time. And we had a really nice hangout yesterday where we got together um, with, the, with, with the film crew we worked with, um, the musicians in a small venue where we were able to watch uh, all the five clips, but in a real little small theater. Um, it was really nice to to take that time and to just have a moment to talk about the creative process outside the album, but also for the video clips that we've been putting out to follow these um, amazing recordings we did. That's like almost two years ago already. So this album has been kind of sitting there waiting to to get approved by all the artists, you know, that we um, that I used their song. So that was. The longest part, but it was actually a gift to to have that time because then we can really get everybody ready, the team, um, the label, my management. So it's it's nice to take the time. It's it's we're never re- really ready, so it's really 
it's been so because of that i think i feel very calm about everything i find that really interesting um to hear you say that you you never really feel ready as as i mentioned we're a day and a half away from its release and do do you feel um happy with the way you're releasing it oh definitely um it's also because the album was made you know when we started recording with joe grass who's my producer arranger and musician also uh, we were a very tight knit, um, like it was mainly just Joe, Robbie Cooster on the drums, and I, and a small studio in Montreal with Pierre in the back. And it was very calm, uh, very in tune with the emotion I had to deliver. And each time uh, I would tell the story, what's behind that song that we were going to do, um, it, it really became. Um, something very uh, emotional, but also we decided to focus on something that is not even easy to express in words. It was just a feeling, my emotions, and then I would, and I would cry because I, then I have people to, it's because it's a bit, um, we feel a bit vulnerable when you're among musicians because, you know, they're there to deliver the music and their, their talents, and here I am, you know, uh, talking about my feelings and then I start crying because I felt like they were coming from such far away places and I knew if I wasn't doing that I wasn't giving them the right direction what do you mean by that um I mean I I needed them I needed Joe and Robbie to deliver something and I needed their strength and their talent and their ears and their heart so maybe because of all of that what how we made the album uh, was so very humbling you know uh, for the music we were in it for the music to deliver something in music that emotion that you can't really even say okay we should do it like this it's it's something you can't even really express so that's why it feels very special um to 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 um and it, it takes me back to the most simple things you know it's it's not trying to uh, get all the fireworks it's there's no fireworks it's just here on the ground and it's very grounding I find this this album for me it has been very personal also although these are not my songs at all mm, but they become songs right yes I was gonna say with with songs of of uh, of this magnitude uh songs that have had the cultural impact that they've had over the last, you know, 40 years, they uh, become part of our collective shared cultural memory. Yeah. So what was the first song of this batch that made you think, yeah, this is this is the project I want to spend uh, time working on. Um, I want to look back at my childhood and, and think about the songs that I remember from my childhood, and I want to translate them into Anuktitut. What was the song that kicked that all off? Which one was it? I'd say maybe Heart of Glass by Blondie. Uh, it was supposed to be Chiquitita by ABBA, but they were the only ones who refused. So too bad for them. <laughs> too bad for them is right, my goodness. Yeah, and then Pink Floyd, I think, followed uh, Wish You Were Here, and then maybe Dreams, Fleetwood Mac. So these are really huge, big songs, right? And um, 
usually I would go for my jogging and then I was trying to trace this emotion, like what's what's going on, why this song, am I really feeling it or not? And then I realized every time it made me cry, then I would be like, okay, that's that's there's something there. I need to send this to Joe, and then I would call him up or text him, and and then he'd be like, okay, well, gather them all, and we'll try them uh, just vocal guitar, just you and me, and then we'll see if it goes somewhere. So sometimes it would be like, oh, I thought it was going somewhere, and then it's not. Uh, it it was just more like a cool idea, and that never really got to be the keeper it, where it re really felt like it, it was going to mean something is if, if I had a hard time singing it, I was so emotional about it. So that's beca that became kind of um, where we're like, oh, okay, there's something to explore. And so that's how all these songs, because they told really a story, a true story. There's a, there's an event, either there's um, a place, there's maybe when I was a kid, was I a teenager? Was there a friend, uncle, cousins involved? Like every, when I would go back there and I felt very like attached to that event, um, it definitely helped. And that's how this, each song has a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your childhood. Um, I've, I've heard you say that what you were trying to do with these songs was bring back your childhood, the sound and the energy there was, and also the sadness. Can you talk to me um, about the role that those three things uh, played in your childhood? The that my childhood was pretty magical. You know, I um, it sounds like I was sad all the time, but of course, I think being an overly sensitive, shy kid, I felt a lot of things. Maybe, maybe I was holding them a little bit just because you had to kind of be tough as an you know girl as an inner child you kind of have to like but I was a very sentimental maybe shy sensitive kid so um it's really um I was brought up by my uh adopted parents and my biological mother just lived down near the street where I I live um everybody knows it, everybody also, I was born in late 70s, so the 80s are all about um, modern things arriving to the north. Um, music was very present at the local radio, where we would just hear the Eagles and ABBA to disco to um, Pink Floyd, of course. So, And then I also worked as a teenager at the um, regional uh, radio um station where I, I had my own shows. Tell me about that. That was at TNI, right? That broadcasts across Nunavik. Yeah, exactly. TNI was where I pretty much grew up and I learned to love old vinyls and oh, wow. and really thrasher and of course country music, but also, you know, a lot of uh, local or northern artists. So I was very, um, I think I learned that I love old things old um i i thought i think also mainly because the 60s and 70s were so 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 important i mean everywhere in the world but for us everything was so new in the late 50s my town was still not a town it was uh, just like a summer camp because we were nomads so everything like this changed but the you know the 60s arrived and i find the north going through changes 
in the 60s is pretty, pretty cool, magical. So I think I was a bit obsessed with that era, with my uncle's era. And I was kind of like living through what they went through. So I think I kind of got stuck in the over there in the 60s before I was born in the 70s. And I admired a lot of, you know, artists and a lot of what was going on then. So, yeah, I'm very much... Um, Rom I am very romantic about those times because they, everything was so fresh and new. Right. Yeah. Now, when you were on TNI, you had the opportunity to interview Kirk Hammett of Metallica. And you opened your album, Inuktitut, with a Metallica song, a beautiful rendition of uh, The Unforgiven. Now, when you interviewed Kirk Hammett, you were 15 years old? I was 15 with my very bad English, yes. Oh my goodness. What, what do you remember of that interview? I remember one line, somebody helped me to ask all these questions because, I, I mean, who, who interviews Kirk Hammett from Metallica at the age of 15? Uh, let alone indigenous person, but when they did their uh, North American tour, they had accepted when they went to Montreal only two journalists. Wow. One was indigenous and one was I don't know who. Wow. They were like that cool, right? And then they asked, okay, how about our local um, young producer in the North? Could one of you guys accept to do the interview? And they're like, okay, Kirk. So, yeah, that's how cool they were. And they, they're still very cool. So, yeah, I, I remember asking, who were your influences? <laughs> yeah, right. That slowly. That I remember. <laughs> yeah, the course. rest, I don't remember. Do you remember what his influences were? No. <laughs> of course not. You blacked out. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, was it over the phone? It was, it was over the phone. It was over the He called and then he said, Elizabeth. <gasps> I thought, yeah, my, my cousins were pretty, pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah, I bet they gave you some street cred, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. And man, here you are, 30 years later, uh, about to release an album with a Metallica song on it. My goodness. Yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty amazing. And I, I got to so the, go see their show um, a month ago when they went to... Uh, Montreal it was amazing I cried there's still there's only four of them on stage but they don't need anybody else they're just like so solid and so so present yeah mm. did you get to speak with any of them no I think they're huge big stars but they got to share the video and the song oh that's amazing so so they personally are aware of your cover yes they are aware and they were so kind and Lars even personally on his Facebook page shared the video oh, so wow. I think that, yeah and their team are aware also yeah TNI is aware is that what you said no no no, no. Their, their team their management aha uh -huh. yeah I see and and so what about TNI? Are you are you still connected with them? Are you are you chatting with them about this album? Uh, once in a while, yes. I'm always connected. It's in my town, right? So it's 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 like my home. It's like it's like family. Uh huh. You you speak a lot about the importance of home and family, and your community um, back north, mm. and uh, a community that has elders who who may not speak English, mm. who speak Anuktitut. And so I'm, I'm curious, uh, what role the gift that you'd be giving your community of these translations may have played um, in, in the course of this project for you? Well, it's, it's, I mainly did this thinking it's going to be a easy, simple 
like feel the nice air, you know, just just guitar voice. That's how it kind of started. That's what I thought it was going to be until I realized, oh my, this is there's another dimension. The dimension also of the stories of and also the language and also realizing how much how is it for example the unforgiven when it's listened to by an elder a woman a grandmother and she listens to it and feels like it's almost like telling the story of her husband or of like it it's pretty it's pretty impressive uh, the idea of you know of of mixing you know elders listening to metallica and jo- and enjoying it sure. just because it feels like a story an inuk story so that's how powerful i find uh, i mean i was just in kudrop 3 weeks ago for a sh- our first show and it was amazing to see all these kids they ran in the front to go sing with me um heart of glass started and i just like they had such magical eyes like joy and and emotional and so it's it's pretty it's it does something yeah yeah it does something now let's talk about the translation and um and what that process was like i've done some uh song translation lyric translation from french into english or english into french and uh, i know what i struggle with um i know that Sometimes I can't take the image that I that is written in one language and just make that image work in the other language. Mm-hmm. Now I don't speak Anuktitut, so I, I don't know what images you're you're actually singing. But I do know that in Wild Horses, in the chorus, you sing the, in English Wild Horses, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting. Can you talk to me about uh, your translation process? I always say since these songs were really coming from the heart, from a very deep place, a memory that's very... So I think these songs had an impact already. Maybe I even heard them more my brain and my spirit in Inuktitut. So that definitely helps. And also being a singer-songwriter and a singer and not just a translator... Uh, makes it a lot easier because I write songs in life. So I'm able to right away go to a place where, okay, I know how to work around it. But also I chose really great songs that are very well made, huge songs. And also the fact that they, 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 they bring a lot of joy and emotions in me. They already feel like... Um, they were meant to be sang in Inuktitut. Oh, wow. That, that really helps. And uh, the only one was, the hardest one is Wild Horses, just because Khim Miyot, um trying to say wild to already wild animal is kind of, it doesn't really work. So, and it becomes very long. So I'm like, well, that's the only one that's going to be in its original. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's the rest was just so amazingly um the images are just, it's almost like it's the north, like going to California, wish you were here, even if that's their most psychedelic um, uh, images, they really work so well in Inuktitut. Yeah. So, for example, uh, I'd love to get back to Wild Horses, but when you're talking about wish you were here and we're just two lost souls living in a fishbowl year after year, mm. in in the translation, are you saying we are we're just two lost souls? Uh, 
Swimming, I said. Fishbowl was a bit harder. Yes, of course, it is swimming. That's my mistake. Yeah, it it does work. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word for word. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, when you talk about wild horses, I, I find this fascinating. That, if I understood what you said correctly, is that you 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 um to translate into an octatuk wild horses is is redundant to 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 put the word wild in front of the word horse because a horse is already wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I could have said the big the big. Horses, maybe, but horses himmiyot is is already very long, right? So it's like, oh, it's um, it's gonna be complicated. Right, right. I mean, it's such a big line, also that's very like famous, right? So it would you play around that. Sure. Oh yeah, I really tried, but um, but I'm happy with just singing wild horses too. I think, uh, yeah. Hmm. Now, how did you contend with the the thought of any kind of expectations that people would have for for songs of this magnitude? How, how did you avoid being crushed under that weight? Well, because I wanted to make a very simple, easy album that's gonna just be good for me and my family in the north. So I really had no. It started like that. So I think it was a good thing it started like that because I didn't feel like I had to focus on certain things. I was just wanting to be the most free, the most. So so the whole process of going deeper and deeper and then, of course, my management and label are like, oh, no, you can't just release this uh, because I wanted to kind of like do a surprise release, just, you know, very simple. And they're like, no, 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 but I think you have something going on, and I think it's this is really, really beautiful. So, can you give us time? Can you like work with us? I'm like, oh, look, all right, whatever, okay, cool. So, yeah, I made everything. Oh, somebody's calling me now. Hold on. Sure, sure, uh, sure of course. It's of course. fine. They'll, they'll wait two minutes, but uh, yeah. If it's if it's Joe Grass, you tell him to wait. Yeah, no, it's the next interview. The next interview, but anyway, um, yeah. So it's um, that's how it kind of screw in the right right way yeah well look Alyssa B we are very clearly bumping up against uh, your next rounds of interviews um, I could speak with you all day long well I could but I'm, I'm not allowed to <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, why don't we uh, end things here with you speaking about one of the songs uh, on the album Perfect. could you take us out by setting up the Leonard Cohen cover mm. Um, Leonard Cohen has been my huge inspiration and I think I'm not the only one who's, you know, I kind of, you know, he's always had muse, muses, you know, in his life. And for me, Leonard is my muse. He's my spiritual guide. He is the man I love with all my heart. I'm married to him spiritually. I would have loved to be born in the same time. And I'm sure we would have crossed paths in, in Rue Saint Laurent in Montreal, I really have um, such a strong connection to his music and the way he views the world. Uh, he is no perfect human being, but he just has the right way to see things, even in the the flaws. And but I I met his manager in New York City. Um, 
through another show and and he said you know leonard would have his only regret in life is never having toured the north oh wow and i was like wow amazing and then uh, he said you should you know you should sing with leonard and i'm like no i don't want to sing with leonard i just want to make him tea that's it no you know that's really i was very honest and he was like okay she's really a big huge fan anyway so i always thought you know wouldn't it be amazing to just translate one of my favorite songs by him uh, hey that's no way to say goodbye it's such a beautiful love story it's a beautiful about people just being connected uh, in a way that is much deeper than, you know, just a physical. Um, and sometimes our path had to just, you know, they cross, but then they have to go separate ways, like like those huge, you know, um, vags in the ocean. They, they Sometimes they touch and then sometimes they separate. It's just part of nature. So I thought, you know, let's translate this song. And it's very beautiful in Inuktitut, the 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 words flows. It's 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 a such a free song, you know. It's it, it talks about freedom, and um, the fact that you know one day we were like, how can I possibly sing this better? And then Joe was like, just your voice, and then we'll add a little bit of you know sound at the end, a drum, and and then it's very simple. And every time I play it. Um, We've done it so far to, to twice with in front of a public. It's so powerful. People are very emotional about it because it's so pure, you know? Yeah, yeah. It is such a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And what you and, and Joe Grass have done with it is uh, it's such a thing of beauty. I love the time it takes. Mm-hmm. I love how you've you've built it with just your voice and then the drum and then... Uh, I think it's a cello, yeah. maybe a violin, and you get some synth, mm-hmm. and then maybe a little bit of Joe's guitar, I think I'm hearing Yeah, here. a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, it is so beautiful. A-, a cover worthy of the man himself. Thank you very much. Thank you, Elisipi. Nakumik. No ya tizolo akona utakio Naligilti ora misodio to ni to go no nani naparte di mani hungatuva yogo kisanya yuina
From her album Inuktitut, that is Elisipi's Taima Hima Seniu Nigma, her translation and cover of Leonard Cohen's Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye. Except it kind of is, isn't it? It's the perfect way to say goodbye. That brings us to the end of When We Wake. What a pleasure it was to get to chat with Elisipi. I am in love with that album, Inuktitut. It just came out September 15th. And if you're well into the future, September 15th, 2023, it was a good day for music. Now that album, as, as uh, Elizabeth mentioned, was produced by Joe Grass, Montreal's Joe Grass. I am a huge fan of Joe Grass. He is, hands down, my favorite guitar player in Canada. I've had the uh, pleasure and honor of having Joe Grass play on, on both of my albums as Clever Hopes. Joe also has his own 
solo album uh, that came out earlier this year called Falcon's Heart. He told me at one point that during the session, he and the musicians were trying to open up a portal to Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. So if that sounds like your, uh, your cup of tea, why don't you give it a listen? And then why don't you give this podcast a follow, a subscribe, a, a like, a five star, all the things we ask you to do at this point in the podcast. If you want to be in touch with me in the meantime, you can email whenwewakeradio at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at whenwewakeradio.